Hi guys! Happy Friday after like a really, really quick uh, summer break. I am back with a very special guest this morning to get your weekend started. Lisa Marie Ranking. She's an author. She's a teacher. She's a coach. She's super talented. So of course we have a million questions for her. Hi, Lisa. Hello, Kat. Thank you for having me here. Thank you so much for doing this with us. Um, okay, are you ready? I, I want to jump right on it because I don't like wasting time. And as I was Let's telling, do it. Yeah, <laughs> as I was telling you before we got started, uh, surprisingly enough, I started promoting it, and a lot of people sent questions for you. So let's see what, what we do. Obviously, the first question is: uh, Your book is named "The Goddess Solution." I started reading it. I got really interested. I was looking at your posts on Instagram. So can you explain to people in a nutshell? I mean, obviously, anything with the name goddess on it, we want to know what it is all about because we all want to feel like goddesses. But what is the book in, in summary? What are you trying to tell girls out there? Sure. So I created the book because I wanted to show women how they can take inspiration from ancient goddesses. So it's goddesses across cultures, across traditions, and really see that their myths, their energies are still relevant to everything that we deal with today, whether it's relationships, divorce, you know, sex, parenting, and money. So we almost have this framework for how we can, how we can live our lives. And we mm -hmm. can look at these ancient goddesses as really like archetypes that can help us get through mm -hmm. kind Lisa, so I guess the first question we have for you is, um, you wrote about the goddess solution. What do you mean by that? Because I think every woman wants to be a goddess, feel like a goddess, but like, what are you trying to say with the book? And that's what I wanted um, women to feel like. I want them to feel like they're a goddess. Because we always tell the women in my community that the goddess isn't a deity outside of yourself. She's really an aspect of your highest self. So I wrote the book because I wanted to show women that we can take inspiration from these ancient goddesses across cultures and traditions and really apply them to our modern lives. So whether we're talking about relationships, sex, money, parenting, divorce, and more, it's like even though these myths are thousands of years old, they're still really relevant to all of the stuff that we need to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. Can you give me an example? Because you say you talk about these ancient goddesses. We're going to talk about, uh, I don't even know if I know how to pronounce it, Ayurveda. Ayurveda. We're going to talk about yes, Ayurveda. Yeah, Ayurveda. But yeah. before we talk about that, can you give me an example? Like, tell me a goddess and like how we can mirror that. Sure. I'll give you an example um, of a goddess or how I started writing about the goddesses. So I've always uh -huh. been interested in spirituality and yoga, but after yeah. my divorce, you know, I was kind of struggling to make sense with things. And I was really looking for, you know, validation from men. I was drinking a little too much after work, I was spending too much online, really looking for all of these things outside of myself to like give me a sense of ease when really, and I reckon, I remember saying to myself, I was looking in the mirror one day and I'm like, I just don't feel like a goddess. And that kind of triggered me. Like, I want to start researching goddesses and, you know, what does a goddess feel like? And that's when I started to recognize that they're sovereign, they're empowered, they're sexy, but they're also strong. Yes. Um, but I also wanted to give you an example of like a goddess energetic. Please. So like... <laughs> <laughs> So Kali, who is not your typical goddess, like when we think of goddesses, we often think of maybe like Aphrodite, like the sexy goddess or, you know, Lakshmi, who's kind of the, the Hindu Aphrodite. Kali is the Hindu goddess of breaking through the status quo and transformation. And we feel her energy anytime things really like hit like the shit hits the fan, like whether it's divorce, financial crisis, or health crisis. And you might be like, well, what kind of goddess is that? But she's the goddess that clears all the stuff that's not working for you anymore, all of the stuff that keeps you stuck and playing small so you can start rebuilding your life and really live a little bit more truly and authentically. I love that. And you mentioned that you've been through divorce. All my listeners, everybody that knows me know, know that that's my story. I've been through divorce as well. I was married forever. And I started my life over. And I think that's the number one question that a lot of women ask. Um, it's tough, right, to pick up the pieces because when you go through any kind of heartbreak in general, whether it's divorce or breakup from your boyfriend, you know, whatever it is, let's be honest, you feel like shit for a while, right? In my case, I got tangled up with a bunch of horrible people, like a horrible man, because I thought it was okay to be treated like shit, now, 
two years into doing the podcast and everything that I learned, I realized, like you said, I am the prize. I am a goddess. I am fantastic. I deserve to be treated well, but it's a process, right? So a lot of girls and, and a bunch of them send this message. Yeah, but it's easy to write about it. You guys talk about it, but like my boyfriend just cheated on me. My husband, just how do I get into that zone, the goddess zone to, to feel better about myself? Right. And that's such a great question. And, you know, and it's one that's taken me time as well, too, to start saying like, no, no, I'm the goddess. How do I start treating myself that way? If we want others to treat us like a goddess, the biggest thing we need to do is start to treat ourselves like a goddess. And what that means is like I talk to, I work with a lot of women who want to get more self, feel more self-worthy, feel more confident. And unfortunately, that's not like just a flip we can switch and like, okay, today I'm going to be confident and, you know, have a lot of self-esteem but what we can do to start developing that is showing up for ourselves on a day-to-day basis like taking really good care of our bodies and I love to start with the body because that gives us something physical to work with it's getting a good night's sleep it's eating nourishing foods it's moving your body in strengthening ways it's only having sex with people who have your best interest at heart this Yay. doesn't mean it has to be long-term monogamous but somebody <laughs> who wants the best yes. for you I love that you are saying that like super important points because you gotta start and and I'm telling you I learned this through my journey and it took me forever to get here you gotta start with yourself right number one because we a lot of people not just women but we're talking about girls now of course we have this tendency of self-destroying when something goes wrong right? Like you said, maybe in your case, you were shopping a little too much. Some people overeat or they start eating crap. Some people start drinking. And what I learned is no man on this planet or no woman on this planet for the guys deserves for you to self-destruct. So it has to start within ourselves, correct? Right. And when you talk about taking... We set the bar for how we want to be treated. So we're not treating ourselves with love that but when you talk about the body and i saw you guys gotta check out her instagram of course she's in amazing shape uh you do yoga you're thin you're beautiful but we're not talking about perfection here we're talking about like you said nourishment and being kind to our bodies right yeah and it's really a different you know also i work with a lot of women when we were talking about the body like often especially in our culture we like want the body to look a certain way we wanted to do certain things we really think that you know the body is a tool for us i really like to work with women to shift that as a perspective and be grateful for your body if your body is this sacred vessel how do you honor it how do you bow to it and that's when it gets into like self-care isn't just like a set of practices it becomes like your spiritual practice as far as being able to nourish and nurture yourself yeah so like let's say somebody out there is listening to us like they send me messages yesterday oh it's so easy for you guys to say you're doing great na 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 i'm trashed my boyfriend cheated on me i don't know where to start i'm overweight so like baby what would be the first baby step because we want to be practical we want these girls out there to say hey You don't have to move mountains in a day, but today's Friday. If you're feeling like crap, if your boyfriend cheated on you or whatever it is that you're going through, what would be one little baby step that you would say uh, for them to find their inner goddess again? So I would say, so in, correct me if I'm wrong, because I can say sometimes I think baby steps is like, take care of your body, you know, go for a long walk, you know, or eat, make yourself a really healthy, nourishing foods. But that actually might be harder for some people too, when they're just like, no, I don't want to do anything. I just want to, you know, curl up and with a bottle of rosé and watch Hulu, (laughs) right? Like there's some appeal to that to some extent, right? But like, how do we get out of that cycle? I think one thing that's been helpful for me and for my clients is the reason that we get stuck in these traps of getting together with the on again, off again ex, you know, sitting on the couch with Rose and Hulu (laughs) is because we're living, we're kind of focused very much on the present. What we need to do is also have a vision of who we want to become. Like, will yourself tomorrow be happy that you spent the day on the couch or happy that you spent all this money online? So we need to also consider and develop, create this relationship. Like we're often talking about the past, what happened to us in the past and who did what, my parents did this. And you know, there's a place for that, but like 
how do you, how do you want to evolve? Who do you want to become? And let that really guide your choices. So it's not just how you're feeling in the moment, but how are you going to set yourself, your future self up for success? I love that. That's really great and easy advice. Take, uh, do something that's good for yourself. I heard once a phrase and I never forgot that because you, you made a, po a point about sex. Like a lot of us after a breakup or after divorce, we end up just having like casual sex or sex with the wrong people because we think it's going to make us feel better. But the fact of the matter is you end up just hurting more because sex is like an exchange of energy, right? Yeah. So you need to be, and I'm not uh, being prude here or anything. I'm not calling anybody a whore if you want to have sex with a bunch of other people. But I think it's more about like protecting your energy and realizing that you're a gift And like you said, if you're having sex with someone, you got to have sex with someone that actually appreciates it and it makes everything so much better, correct? Yes, yeah. And like you said, there's no right or wrong, good or bad about this. It's like you want to just choose activities that are going to nourish you and make you feel good about yourself. So it's not that you're bad if you want to have lots of sex, but you also yeah, have to consider your energy. How are you going to protect that? Yeah, so... Another girl sent a question. The goddess solution. What's the ultimate goddess solution? Is there one solution or is it a bunch of solutions? It's a bunch of solutions. <laughs> so it's a bunch of different goddesses. And they all have, like, so you can think of the goddesses as, I mean, I like to say that you can think of them as a deity outside of yourself. Yeah. But they're really an aspect of your highest self. So they're different energetics that you can tap into. So, for example, like, I love like the love goddesses and the creative goddesses. And I relate to those ones really easily, but like mm -hmm. the warrior goddesses, those aren't as easy for me to like, I don't really love conflict or confrontation, but of course, as part of this human experience, there's lots of conflict and confrontation. So we can kind of look at those goddesses when we want to feel a little bit more rooted in our power. So it really depends on the energetics that you want to call into your life. Awesome. So uh, I was looking here on your Instagram and you have some really interesting posts. So let's talk a little bit about Ayurveda because I know nothing about it. And I oh, think sure. a lot of people are like me, they're curious, but they don't know, you know, where to go for help to understand it. I was looking at one of your posts that I, I, I got really interested in. It, you wrote, food, sex, and sleep. According to Ayurveda, an ancient Indian health system that looks to optimize health through holistic practices that care for body, mind, and spirit. So is that what Ayurveda is, the science of feeling like a goddess? Can you explain to us a little bit? Sure. Um, so one of my Ayurveda teachers calls it like the science of feeling good. So what I love about Ayurveda is that it doesn't really think of us as these separate systems. Like we have our body, we have our mind, and we have our spirit. It's all interconnected. So mm. according to Ayurveda, any like physical health problem we have would also have a psycho-spiritual component as well to it too. So it's really about how do we nourish this whole being without kind of separating body-mind and spirit mm. and really the three foundations for ayurveda is that i put in the post food sex and sleep and like so what does that mean it's like well how do we nourish our body so if you really think about what it is that we're eating is it going to strengthen us or is it going to weaken us and again i like to think of that too in like so it's not good or bad like potato chips are bad and this is good it's like how are you going to fail after what's going to give you more energy or what's going to lower your energy and then the same with sex as well which is all about energy and it's really what you had just said Kat like how do we protect and conserve our energy and what I love about one of the teachings in Ayurveda is that they say so in Ayurveda there's this concept of ojas and that's like our what is it what is it called sorry it's called ojas ojas okay just in case somebody wants to to read about ojas o-j-a-s yes okay and okay And that's like our immunity, our resilience, and our vitality. Mm -hmm. So what the teachings say is that when men have sex, they actually lose their ojas. But when women have ah. sex, we actually gain ojas, <laughs> but only if there's somebody who has our best interest at part. You know, it has to be kind of that like loving sex, and that will be energizing and nourishing Yes, yeah. So that sex is also like, how are we... How are we distributing our energy? And it, it's not all about sex. It's like, are we engaging in good friendships? Are we mm -hmm. like, are we working too much? Like how, how are we holding our energy? 
And then sleep. Of course, sleep <laughs> is, you know, the ultimate self-care practice. Yeah, I, I, that's super interesting because that's just me personally. I believe in energy a lot. I am not religious, uh, but I am very spiritual. And I think everything in life is about energy. And the more I live, the more I believe that you are the energy you exude and the energy that people are around us. And I think it makes all the difference in my life. And like I said, I've been learning from doing this podcast, like if you listen to two years ago, that Catherine that thought it was okay to be treated like crap by men, that, you know, oh, if I have crappy sex with this guy and that guy, it's okay because I deserve it. So that Catherine, thankfully, is gone. And now I try to pass that on to my listeners through the work I do, my friends, that, yeah, if you have this positive, amazing energy, you should only allow people in your life that have the same energy because that's just going to make your life so much easier and better, right? And I think it's kind of like what you said with Ojas. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, and I think the energy is just so important. And that's why it's important to do the practices that raise our energy. So whatever that is for you, if it's getting out in nature, if it's doing yoga, meditating, mm -hmm. writing, but we have, you know, a set of practices that can uplift us. And it's important that we prioritize those. Yeah, so food. Obviously, it's a huge problem for a lot of people because a lot of us are emotional eaters or either you eat a lot when you have a problem or some people can't eat at all if they have a problem, right? So yeah. and like you said, oh my God, I'm depressed, I'm single or whatever. My boyfriend broke up with me. I'm going through a divorce. The first instinct of a lot of people is I'm going to get a bottle of wine, a bag of potato chips, and I'm going to feel the famous Ben and Jerry thing in front of the TV, Right. Why do you think we have that relationship that we think this crappy food is going to make us feel better? Yeah, I think it's with our nervous system. So, you know, our nervous system, when it gets activated, we have a, a fight, flight, freeze response. Women also have kind of the fawn response as well, too. And when we're drinking and we're eating, we're really numbing ourselves. So we're almost going into a freeze state or, you know, like watching Netflix. It's mm. like these activities that numb us. And unfortunately, you know, that might make you feel better for a little bit, but ultimately we don't want to numb our feelings. We want to experience yes. them because we want to know how we can move on from them. You know, I often think it's interesting. I see a lot of people in jobs they don't like or marriages they don't like, and they'll be drinking a lot. And it's like, it keeps you complacent with the status quo. So it's like, you know, and it does what it's supposed to do. It's an anesthetic. It numbs totally. you. Yeah. You have to think like, we need to feel our feelings. We can make make skillful decisions about our life. Yeah, but it's tough. Right? And, and yeah, you just said it numbs us. So what, do you have a suggestion? Like if somebody, again, is out there feeling sorry for themselves, oh, it's Friday, I feel like shit, da, da, da. So instead of sitting like self, because it is kind of, to me, it's a way of self-destruction. Like if you're hurting your body, I've done it. I think a lot of people have done it. Like, oh, I'm going to yeah. eat too much ice cream. Okay. And like you said, the drinking, maybe, oh, I'm having a little too much wine because I'm feeling sorry for myself every night. And then you got to like put it in check. Do you have a suggestion of what people could do if you're feeling bad instead of like self-destroying something simple? I think it's probably different for everyone. I mean, I think getting outside, taking a walk, being in nature, remembering that you're not like just a mere individual, because anytime something goes wrong, we tend to kind of get a little self-absorbed. And that's yeah. not to say anything. I mean, yeah. I do the same thing. Like, yeah. oh, woe is me. I can't believe this happened. But when we start to get back out, we remember we're not like a mere individual, but we're part of a larger whole. And trying to keep that big picture in mind as well that you know these these things that happen whether it's the breakup or the job loss or something they're they're specs on in in our lives no totally. one can overcome it and doing something that feels good but that's strengthening so whether that's like you know going for a swim or doing a yoga practice or hanging out with your good friends who also have good habits because we tend to take on a lot of the <laughs> habits of the people that yes. we hang out with you know but it's doing things that will feel good and strengthen you yeah one million percent i agree now you started talking about divorce so i want to tap into that a little bit because let's face it it's very tough like you just said a lot of people stay in bad relationships for a long time i was one of them i was in a horrible marriage for 15 years because 
it took me a long time to get the courage to get out and to realize I wasn't going to change that person. It's a process. And I think it requires a ton of strength, right? To say, you know, this is not good for me. I'm going to get the hell out. There are a lot of people out there in this situation. I got a few questions from, from um, some ladies that said, you know, I have this horrible marriage. I know Kat got out of hers. I, actually, a guy even last night said, you know, I'm, I'm unhappy. I am miserable, but I feel guilt, guilt, guilt. I want to get out. And I admire people that have the courage to say, you know, I deserve to be happy. Uh, do you have a suggestion? Like if you, anything, like if you were coaching someone and they are in this situation and they want to get out, what would you say? If somebody wants to get out of their marriage, that generally doesn't change. So I think it becomes, are you saying so they've made the decision, like, I want to get out? Because a lot of people make the decision in their head, right? And they make the decision in their head, but they don't have the courage to actually go through with it. Yeah. So I think, yeah, because I think sometimes people stay with the status quo thinking, oh, things are going to get better. Maybe things aren't that bad. Like how often do people tell themselves like, oh, I should be grateful. It's not that bad. He's not like, and I think it's again, like kind of getting in touch with your desires. Like what do you want your life to be like? Because I think for women, especially, I think, you know, we've been kind of brought up to be people pleasers and be the good girls. So sometimes we dampen down our desires and we get again, kind of complacent with the status quo. So it's giving yourself first the opportunity. Like, what do I really want from my life? Like, is this what I want? Or do I want something bigger, more expansive? Do I want to be treated better? And once we start to have that vision, I think we, it's, easier to start walking towards and yeah divorce is messy it's yeah. yucky it's like soul sucking and to some <laughs> extent is. but there's light on the other side yeah you know, how do you get over the, the freedom yeah. sorry yeah, yeah. Okay. one million percent how do you get over the guilt because a lot of people feel the famous guilt i'm gonna leave him i'm gonna leave her but i deserve to be happy is there a way to get over the guilt <laughs> that's a tough one right I know I'm thinking it's um again I think it's when you build your own sense of like self-worth and self-esteem you can get out of things with grace to some extent I mean most divorces actually don't aren't that graceful yeah, to yeah. get out of unfortunately nice people, yeah you know go at each other but there is sense that we all have our own karma we can't live for another person and you know I've seen countless relationships mine is one of them we think we're doing somebody a favor by staying with them when actually we're just kind of perpetuating the cycle of like karma drama and trauma right (laughs) one million percent you say some major key phrases that I hope people are listening we can't live for another person you can't make that person happy right right. yeah (laughs) And you can't change them either. So like if you think, and I tell my friends that all the time, if you stay with your boyfriend, your husband, your wife, and you think, oh, they're going to change for me. They're going to, guess what? They're not going to change for you. (laughs) No, we are not. And I think that's hard for, especially for a lot of women. I think we think we can be responsible for people's happiness or we can make them happy. And that's something that we need to unlearn. Our priority is to ourselves, to our children, if we have them, but to our partners, they need to do that work as well too. And sometimes when we're staying, we're just enabling and it would actually be better for them as individuals to be on their own and maybe learn the lessons they need to learn. One million percent. I love that. In my case, I tell you that, yeah, I got over the guilt because I guess one day I woke up and I said, you know what? I deserve to be happy. I deserve to not be verbally abused. I deserve to save myself. It was kind of like, you know, the oxygen mask when the airplane is full. I was like, you know what? I'm going to yeah. save myself. I, I don't want to die. I don't want to be miserable. I think so. My When people ask me that, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a coach. I'm not an expert. I'm far from that. But I guess I see it's like self-preservation. If somebody's not making you happy, if they want to be miserable for whatever reason it is, you don't, don't need to waste your life just sitting there being miserable with them, right? Mm-hmm. At least for right. me, no, that's no, no, what yeah. Okay. And we tend to get what we settle for. So I always like to like tell yeah. people, raise the bar higher. And yes. people will be more inclined to meet that. But raise it Yes. Higher. One million percent. I'm happy that you said that because it goes back to, it starts with us. 
if you know your worth, if you know your goddess, or is there a masculine word for God? A God? <laughs> I don't want to call men God because they already think they're the last Coca-Cola zero of the desert. I don't want to make it worse. <laughs> but if you think you're fabulous, if you think you're worthy of happiness, of great energy, if you know how, how good you are, you're going to attract people that have that same energy, right? At least that's what's happen yes. happening to me finally. When I started like yeah. being so picky and weeding out the horrible guys and saying, you know what? I'm not going to go on this crappy date. I'm not going to have sex with disgusting people that don't appreciate me. I'm going to be picky. My body's like a temple. It's a prize, you know? When I started feeling that way, the whole shift of my life changed. Yes. Yeah, because your energy changed and you were starting to feel like this is like sacred and holy and See? you're going to have to work for this. There right? you go. You're going to have to honor it. Yes. I'm going to take a two-minute break and we're going to come back with Lisa if you have a few more minutes. I have a bunch of questions, sex questions if you're game for that. Perfect. <laughs> okay, we'll be right back. This episode of Cat on the Loose Sex, Dating and Relationships is kindly sponsored by Girly A La Mode. Fashion for everybody, every woman, everywhere. Shop the Back to Basics collection and now adorable tank tops, leggings, sweats for everyday life, for working out, for errands, for basically just living your life comfortably, girly a la mode, because everybody is a beautiful body. And also Edge Sports, thanks so much, Edge Sports, the number one sports brand on Amazon Prime, where the Edge win the game. They've been with me from the get-go two years ago. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for supporting this podcast. Okay, Lisa, so let's talk a little bit about sex or a lot about sex because obviously it's a huge part about dating and relationships, right? And I hope it is. And what I've been trying to do on this podcast is basically like normalize and encourage women to talk about it and to understand that it's completely normal and it's important to have a healthy sexual life, right? And I say, look, right. and of course, a lot of people misconstrued and they think like, you know, oh, you're a slut, da, da, da. but it's not nothing about that. It's about learning that you, it's completely okay to want to have sex, to want to have quality sex, right? So I saw a few of your posts and there are a few that I love. So let's get your expert advice because every girl wants to know how to sure. have better sex. <laughs> you did a little video that I loved and you said, here's how to improve your skin, beat belly bloat, which I have the major little uh, COVID wine belly going on right now and have great sex. Uh, can you give us some pointers, please? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Well, we want all of that. We want to be skinny. We want to have great sex, and we want to have great skin. <laughs> Drink less alcohol. <laughs> that was, that was That's was the about. problem. It's the weekend alcohol. <laughs> It's the drink less alcohol because, you know, and it's interesting because I think, you know, so many women, we spend so much time with facials and skin procedures and moisturizers and we go to the gym and yes. then we want to have great sex <laughs> and like alcohol. And listen, I enjoy having, you know, a glass or a couple glasses of wine with our friends, but it's something to be conscious <laughs> of that it's not our friend. It's not going to give us great skin, a flat stomach or good sex. Right. And I think it's interesting no, it's that sometimes alcohol is kind of talked about like in terms of sex like okay it can lower your inhibitions that's true but it also lowers your ability to feel things and that's kind of the whole point is that we yes. want to have our senses activated we want to have the sense of conscious sex where we're kind of going there and with eyes wide open and not feeling numb not feeling drowsy not feeling confused one million percent in my case i don't know if it's your case i cannot have an orgasm if i drink no. Yeah, I can't either. And I agree with you. I, now I learned you should be having sex with your partner, your boyfriend, your husband, whatever it is, and enjoying it. Like you said, I want to feel every moment, every touch. I want to have this incredible orgasm. So if you're drinking a little too much before you have sex, you probably shouldn't have sex with that person, right? If you're trying to gather the courage. 
Right. Yeah. And because it, it's numbing and we want to think like I actually I talk a lot about like how we can use sex as like a spiritual practice. It brings us back into our body. Yes. It gives us an intimate connection with another person. And really, we have that feeling of being more than just mere individuals. So it's that connection to the divine. So when we think of it that way, it becomes much less this physical act or physical release, but although it's still very pleasurable, you know, it's still, we still get all of the pleasure, but we can get a lot more from it too. One million percent, but it's, I think a lot of people have the same problems I do. I'm like crazy disciplined most of the time, like 80% of the time. I try to work out every single day. I go on these super long walks with my dog. I've been finally back to the gym. I eat very clean most of the time, but then, you know, the weekend comes and I'm like, oh, I'm going to have a glass of wine. I'm going to have this. I'm going to have that. So how do you balance? Cause you're like, you have the perfect body. You're so skinny. How do you manage? I mean, I, th I think it is a balance. I mean, as humans, we don't like to say we can't have anything because we're immediately going to want that. Right. True, so true, I think true. again, it's just, it's keeping like, well, what is it that, you really want. And I remember for me, I used to drink way too much for a good portion of my life. Like, you know, from 19 on, I was a pretty habitual drinker. Like I never drank excessive, uh -huh. just habitually. So a couple of glasses every day. And like every New Year's, I would try to say, oh, I'm going to stop drinking or I'm going to drink a lot less. And it would never really last. And then finally, it's like, instead of trying to get something or give something up, I thought about it like, well, who do I want to become? And we had talked about this a little bit earlier. And it's like, well, I want to feel healthy, sexy, and connected to my highest self. And like when we have this vision of who we want to become, it's like, okay, so I don't drink that much now because that's not going to help me get there. But there's other activities yeah. that won't help me get there too, like gossiping and, you know, maybe <laughs> binging on Netflix. So yeah. it's less about like giving something up, but thinking of reframing it about what, what are you going to get? Totally. One million percent. I completely agree with you. I went through that phase as well that I started. I went through so much in my life when I was going through the divorce and then my husband died that I, I was like, I realized, wait a minute, you're having like one or two glasses of wine every night, sometimes three. So I kind of put myself in check. And like you were saying, going back to sex, many times it's kind of like a shield, like a protection. Oh, I need to have these drinks to relax and feel better. But the truth is you're not going to feel better. You might end up having sex with the wrong person or you're going to have a hell of a hangover the next day or you're not even going to feel it as much, right? That's for both men and women because I know most men can't even have an erection if they drink a lot, right? Yeah. So we're yeah, not I just talking about getting girls. curious. Like, well, why do you feel you need to be drinking so much before having sex or before going out with this man? Like getting curious, you know... I mean, yes, totally. It has that social, you know, helps with the social anxiety a little bit, but yeah, you can also think that's part of the that's part of the connection, the chemistry, the anxiety. A little bit One million well. percent. So that's like your key uh, to uh, beat belly bloat, great skin, and great sex is like less alcohol. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Now, uh, a lot of probably girls... not a very popular opinion, but, <laughs> but it's no, <laughs> it's I agree. It's not popular, but look, let's be honest. It is the key to a lot of problems. It's that simple. And finally, I'm saying like finally after after dating like 10 million crappy people, a-holes, players, na 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 na. I realized like if you are dating the right person, someone with your energy, somebody that digs you, that treats you with respect, that is as attracted to you as you are to them, you're going to feel like, you know what? I want to enjoy this person if I'm not drinking at all, if I'm drinking water, if it's the middle of the day, whatever it is, because you're going to want to, you know, have that, that great sex and the, the energy exchange, right? One yeah, it percent. reminds me of like I think a t-shirt that I saw like you know at one of those like beach boutiques before and it's like I drink to make you or others more interesting <laughs> and I think to some extent we like yeah we drink because it, maybe we don't feel comfortable with the company but it's like well then get better company to your point you know like raise yes. the bar you don't need to drink as much raise the bar girls raise the bars I think many many times and probably because of all these dating apps dating apps are like a necessary evil because we're busy adults. I don't go to bars to pick up people. Most people don't. So yeah, in one hand, we want to meet that one person. But on the other hand, it, it turned dating into like ordering pizza. Yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. We made everything so casual. So I think it has a lot to do with that. And then 
a lot of people out there, they forget about their worth. Like you said, instead of raising the bar, they start feeling like, eh, I'm just going to go out there and date whatever. And guys do that. So I keep saying, guys, that is so disgusting disgusting because a lot of men successful men intelligent men they became like these disgusting teenagers again like basically these pigs these players that go out to different girls every night or lie to you that they want a relationship just to have sex with you and then they ghost you like grow up right like yeah. same thing for men know your worth what are you doing right right i Ew. know it, it is it became like you said kind of like this very juvenile where some men it was like the candy store got opened and that's exactly. how they exactly it's like jesus christ grow up now girls send this question all the time i know you're not like specifically a sex coach but it has a lot to do with your work and i know uh ayurveda the the indian culture they're very in touch with their sexuality their spirituality so maybe you can uh, shed some light on it's one of the top questions that that people send uh mostly women they have a, a very hard time feeling pleasure pleasure and having an orgasm in bed believe it or not uh well do you have any any suggestions to that because many times they like their partners or or they're embarrassed to say what they want in bed there are many different reasons for that yeah i think well Part of it, and again, just a, not a sex expert by any means, but I can tell what I think I think helps is one. I think a lot of women have have um, problems having orgasm. One is because I think they're probably thinking of a lot of other things, especially if they're like working, if they're moms. You know, their brains can kind of go in a million different directions. It might be they might be also self conscious, and you know, they get too focused on their partner's desires than their own desires. And I guess there's a few things like if thinking that those are the causes that I would recommend. One, I think meditation, like just a simple sitting practice, 10 minutes a day actually really improves your sex life because you're training your mind where to focus. So when you're having sex, you focus on how it feels. You focus on staying in your body. When you start thinking about grocery shopping, the bills or what you think somebody else might be thinking, you bring the focus back and, you know, you put it like, put it on your breast, you know, put, you put, put it like on what's going on. And I think that's really important. So it's just almost, and then sex becomes like this beautiful kind of meditation of pleasure where you're really staying connected in the present moment and in the body. And then the other one is I think, and I remember like this would be like when I was much younger thinking that like, oh, well, this is, it was almost, and I was actually in a book club last night. We were talking about this is how sometimes when women, especially when they're younger, they think that sex is like almost like a gift to someone else, but they're not really <laughs> concerned so much about their pleasure. It's like, okay, well, I'll give this person pleasure, but you know, mine is less important. And completely changing that where it's like your pleasure is the pleasure that is important. And even if you still have that focus, like, well, I want to be good in bed. You're good in bed when you focus on your pleasure. You don't need to focus on I their think it's pleasure. a game focus of two, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think if you're feeling good, your partner is going to feel good because he's going to know that you're yes. feeling good and it builds up, right? Right. <laughs> so it's like do whatever feels good to you because totally. that will be a turn on. That kind of continues to build. Absolutely. Do you feel, do you come across women? Because at least that's my experience. It's my personal opinion. I don't know if you agree. I think in general, uh, a lot of women, especially in, in the United States, in the culture, I don't know if it's because how they're raised, they're very uptight about sex. Like they grow up, you know, thinking that it's bad to talk about sex. It's dirty. It's, it makes you a bad person. No, no, no. So I feel like a lot of girls are just maybe not comfortable with their sexuality. They're embarrassed of telling their partners what they want in bed. Do you ever come across girls like that? Oh, yeah, definitely. And it, it's interesting that I actually, I come across that. And then I come across like this other like extreme where it's like, I can just be like a man and have sex with everyone. And it doesn't oh, really, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Where yeah. there's not the extreme that. Yeah. yeah. Instead of taking a moderate. And I think it is like our culture. Like we're taught to be like, okay, like, kind of good girls. And I think I heard, I was listening to your podcast the other day when you had a sex therapist and you were saying that your cult was Brazil and France and stuff yeah. are much more yeah. open about sexuality. And I think that's just not the, in the United States is weird. In some ways, sex sells everything. Like True. you can't see it. Like you see yeah. 
But yet when it comes to our personal lives, there's, there seems to be a disconnect in the communication. Exactly. A little screwy. Yeah, because I get messages. <laughs> like I've been doing this for two years and I get hundreds of messages a month. And when I scroll, a lot of these messages are from American women saying, oh my God, thank you so much. I went home and I actually tried to use my vibrator in bed with my husband. And guys say the same thing, oh, thank you. I went home and I grabbed my wife and I did this and I did that. And I, it makes me happy because I feel like we're encouraging this conversation, but it also breaks my heart when I get messages from women. It doesn't matter if they're in the United States or not, like, oh my God, I am so embarrassed. If I put this sexy lingerie in bed by husband is going to think I'm a slut or what is my boyfriend going to think of me if I suggest using a sex toy and what I say as a non-expert is like if somebody criticizes you for whatever it is that you want to do you're probably with the wrong person do you agree with that yeah I do and I think it says more about them I mean of course I think there's probably like a timing uh, the way that you say it, making sure it's the right time if you're going to, you know, suggest something entirely new. <laughs> but I think if it's in a relationship, I think most most people would probably want that because I think, yeah. you know, I think men are also sometimes nervous to probably ask for what they want or try something different. Totally. So I think whoever <laughs> takes initiative, it would probably be welcome. From the no, other. one million percent because guys, many times they say the same thing like, oh, I want to try something new with my girlfriend or my wife, but oh my God yeah. forbid. Cause yeah, again, a lot of women are uptight. They're going to think like, who do you think I am? Do you think I'm a whore? No, no, no. And I guess what I say, is just ask like try like be yourself like if you are in a relationship to me the fun part this is why I like being with one man my man because to me the fun part is you get to know each other more and more and more and you are peeling those layers and you become more intimate because to me intimacy makes the sex hotter and hotter and hotter and then yeah. it's fun discovering new things together and coming up with ideas together that you both want to try and live and let's say worse comes to worse and you suggest something to your partner and they don't want to do it then you say well i'm not into this i don't feel like doing it honey let's come up with something else right right yeah <laughs> but you should have the freedom to ask do you agree with me on that much oh definitely i definitely think that you should have the, and i love what you said is like i agree too that as you get more intimate it, the sex gets better and i also think we have to remember maybe it should be playful so it yeah. should be the ability to ask like hey do you want to try this <laughs> or you know i read about this i had a dream about this like what do you think of this you're not forcing anyone exactly to like you know you're bringing an idea <laughs> to the table yeah one million percent the big this this big there are a million subjects but one of the top ones is like the famous sex toy subject uh, everybody loves it. I interviewed a, a big group of women last year. It was really cool because I, I was able to put like 11 crazy successful women in one room. And I asked them, I'm like, sex toys, bring it in the bedroom. And unanimously, they all said, bring it on. I love using my sex toys with my partner, my husband, my boyfriend. Let's spice this up. He has nothing to do with competing with him. He has nothing to do with wanting to replace him. I love his dick. I love my man. But hey, it makes my sex life more fun and more interesting and it's this big controversy because guys want to try it or they feel like intimidated by the sex toys they feel like they have to compete with the sex toys and i'm always just saying it's not about competition at all it's just like spice it up and if you don't like it it's their right as well right so you just tell a partner hey i don't feel comfortable with that but let's try something else <laughs> exactly yeah and i think that's it. It's like putting things out there. It's trying new things. And it's like pushing everybody's limits a little bit. Cause that's also what sex is about, you know, is like, huh, like I haven't tried that before. I'm not sure I'll like it, but like, let's, let's see. One million percent. And maybe you agree with me. That's where the goddess comes in. If you feel like wearing, like, let's say some hot number, some red sexy lingerie, something slutty, 
your partner should be supportive of that. If Because I've had messages, believe it or not, that girls send me, oh, I tried on this super sexy lingerie and my husband called me a slut. He said, you look like a whore. And it broke my heart when I read that message. And I said, you're with the wrong yeah, man. Yeah, that's really sad. Yeah, if, if you come looking like a hot tamale in the bedroom and you're feeling like a goddess and you're feeling so sexy and your husband looks at you and thinks you look like a slut, like, I'm sorry, but change the freaking man that's awful right you shouldn't be criticized yeah, and this is not a nice thing to say to someone you don't say that to somebody that you're in a really yeah that's you not, would be shocked what people say that, seem, to that it seems to be indicative of their like other issues as well if that was the interaction totally one million percent now yeah. let me ask your opinion about this one <laughs> How, uh, what do you think about because some people are very they have like this kind of silent sex like they feel they're more like feeling the emotion and some people are really loud like me I don't know if it's because of my culture I don't do it on purpose I am really loud in bed I like talking I make noises I don't do it on purpose when I'm having an orgasm I'm just like I live in an apartment building and you know California the buildings are not made of bricks they're made of plywood and I'm always freaking out like my neighbors are going to call the police. <laughs> what do you think about that? Do you think it's okay? Do you think it's better to try to be quiet in bed? Do you think there is some kind of a mixture or it's normal? It's your instinct? I think whatever feels good to you. I don't, yeah, I don't think, I think if you're naturally like loud and want to talk and make noises I think go with that if you like to kind of just turn inward and be a little bit more silent I don't think that there's any right I think whatever feels whatever feels, feels right good. for each person <laughs> yeah I mean you might want to experiment like you know so say if you're really loud like huh well how does it feel sometimes to be quiet and if you're really quiet how mm -hmm. does it feel to be louder and to be more verbal just to kind of get the full spectrum of experiences because sometimes we get like you know we have like our one thing that we know kind of works and we do that. So I think it's always good to like look at the other side of it, but I don't think that there, I think it's really whatever feels good to you. <laughs> oh, fantastic. I know I have the craziest <laughs> questions, but Hey, we got to put it out there, right? Whatever feels good to yeah, you. No, it's good to be able to talk about it too, because I think when yeah. we have like talk about these things, it, it gets easier for other people to talk about. It as exactly. Well. We're trying to open up a conversation. How, what do you say to girls out there that are embarrassed talking about, you know, sex to their partners or guys that are embarrassed to talk. Like a lot of men complain that they want to have more sex. They say like, <clears throat> I really like my girlfriend. I love my girlfriend, but she has a really low sex drive and I want more and vice versa because some women have a very high sex drive and they want more. No excuse about being uh, busy with work or, or tired because in my opinion you make time for whatever is important to you that's my opinion yeah. especially oh, I, I think that's definitely true yeah so what would you say to um, people like that do you have a suggestion I think they do need to talk about it because if people's sexual needs aren't getting met in a relationship, then they're going to look elsewhere for it. So it's like you almost have, if you want to continue a relationship with a person, if you don't feel that you're getting your needs full, whether it's too much sex or not enough sex, then you, the, people will start straying because sex is a really big part of our relationships. And I think it's, you know, if you think of the romantic relationship, it is, part of the key that keeps people together and why we don't just have platonic friends, right? There's a yes. romantic element because we're physically connected. Exactly. So I yeah. think we owe it to the relationship as an entity to really be able to communicate what it is that we want, what it is we desire. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. Otherwise you become roommates. And like you said, when you right. become roommates, Either somebody's going to stray or somebody's going to be miserable or somebody's going to end up leaving you. So I think it's better to try to communicate and have a very healthy, fulfilling sex life than just make believe you don't need it. Right? Right. Fantastic. Yeah. So your book is The Goddess Solution. Where do people find it? They can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Some retailers have it. Um, but yeah, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. I love it. And by the way, uh, her Instagram is lisamarie.rankin. There is a quiz 
Oh, uh, yeah, I want to ask you really quickly before we, before I let you go, because, you know, I told you I'm all about energy, 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 energy. Of course, some days we have low energy. I'm not saying we have to be like high all the time, but I believe in energy. And you talk a lot about it, how to raise your energy. You put a quiz out there. You talk about energy. Do you have a few like really quick pointers for people that don't have this amazing energy going on right now? Yeah, so the quiz I put out was an Ayurvedic quiz. So in Ayurveda, everything is about energy and different energy patterns. And it's less of a one-size-fits-all approach, like, oh, you should just do these five things. But it's really understanding your unique mind and body type and what practices will help you feel more energized, right? So for example, like if somebody is, you know, has a lot of anxiety and they're very creative and they're a little bit spacey, then they're going to want more grounding practices because we don't want to have so much energy where we're like <laughs> flying off and getting anxious. And it's like, okay, so we got to look at like the foods that we're going to eat. Maybe it's more restorative yoga. Maybe it's a nice swim. Whereas if somebody's like kind of like melancholy and lethargic, it's like, all right, well, we're going to have to amp this up a little bit and I have to like go for a run. <laughs> eat some salad, add some ginger to it, you know? So it's really kind of understanding your unique constitu like constitution, how you're currently feeling, uh -huh. how you want to fail, and then making skillful decisions about what you want to eat, what practices you want to do to get you to where you want to go. I love that idea, guys. I totally recommend you take this quiz. It's so much fun. It's right there on her Insta account. And you say, you say discover your eye. Am I pronounced this right? Ayurveda. 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 Ayurvedic Dasha mind and body type and if you figure that out you learn practices to feel energized and inspired i love that <laughs> i'm all about like yeah. natural ways and i say that all the time to me i don't understand people that do drugs because the most powerful drugs are natural ones like like you said food nourishment orgasms give you like the most amazing yeah. natural uh hormones whatever in your in your mind so i i'm i think this is amazing thank you so much lisa you're great great thank you so do much. you do um do you do a one-on-one -on -one coaches like if somebody's listening and they want to reach out to you how does your work work i do i do one-on-one -on -one coaching and you can find um, information on that at lisamarierankin.com. Uh -huh. And I also have um, a great Ayurveda program coming up called Radiant Goddess, which is like a 10-week group program where we really look at like self-care and spiritual practices, again, to kind of reduce the belly blow, improve skin and get better sleep, lower anxiety. I got to so sign up for that, that one. <laughs> so today, girls, it's Friday. Instead of like, oh, I'm going to drink like a bottle of wine and feel sorry for myself and watch Netflix. Let's go for a walk. Like you said, something simple, maybe a yoga class, you know, a little jog, something fun, soak in the sun, right? Take care of yourselves. Yeah, Unleash yeah. the inner goddess. <laughs> I'm definitely going to sign up yes. for your goddess program. <laughs> Thank you so much, Lisa. This was so much Great. fun. I really appreciate having you. And I'm going to download the episode now and uh, I'll send you the link so you can share with your listeners as well. Thank you. This was Perfect. amazing. Cat on the loose for your Friday. And I'm sure I'm going to get dozens and dozens of more questions for you. So I hope you come back in the future. <laughs> yes, anytime. So thank you. Thank you. Have a great weekend. <laughs>